Hello, and welcome to Back into Thrones. I'm Joseph. And I'm Michael. Today we're going to be finishing our big Targaryen review, I guess. Part three of three. Yeah. So we so last week we finished off with Maegor and the bro and Aenys. And now today we're gonna do Aenys' son, Jaehaerys, and cover his reign, which will lead us directly to the events in House of the Dragon. And strap in because it's a very long reign. Yeah, a lot happens in these 50, what, 55 years, so there's a lot to talk about, which we will have to cut some stuff out. Yeah, because as I said in the last podcast, I got sick, so I didn't have enough time to do both. So for this one, I, I cut stuff out that wasn't important. I'm only really focusing on what's really important, for example. Yeah, instead yeah. of like little stories that happen that are fascinating to, to learn about, we're just going to talk about like things that directly have an effect on House of the Dragon. Yeah, like we'll we'll talk about his early reign and then the conflicts he has with his family and in both siblings and descendants. Yeah, and we'll be focusing on like who his children are, what happens to them, and all that stuff. Before we get into it, I just want to say a massive spoiler warning for basically fire and blood as a whole yeah anything in that book except for up to the parts in the show house of the dragon will be talked about as, as a yeah. spoiler for that potentially for house of the dragon though i don't intend to say anything spoiler the build up things they'll talk about these things probably we mentioned now some of it yeah definitely that's the true. direct stuff yeah and also i just want to make it clear that this is a tv show that we're going to be watching later so ages might be different they might make yeah. things characters older than they are or they younger. might play with the timeline i think i've i feel that's yeah. gonna happen so, so spoiler for this episode that we're going to talk about rainier was born in 97 ac in the sh in the book but by the time the show opens she seems to be a teenager where she should be at least seven so they are going to be playing with the timeline and allison's gonna be around the same age yeah and we'll judge with episode one how we feel about these things yeah so just be aware that Though we say in this that Rhaenyra is a baby at this point, that doesn't necessarily mean that she is going to be in the show. Yeah, exactly. And I also want to give a trigger warning for something that I'm most likely going to be discussing more at the end of yeah. the episode. You don't know what it is yet, but mm -hmm. you'll see. I'm assuming it's very sensitive. It's, go it's going to involve suicide and potentially sexual assault. If you're not comfortable with listening to that, that's fine. I will say that it is mostly, at the end of the episode, not a large discussion, but it is a discussion nonetheless. So if you're not willing to listen to that, that's fine. But mostly the episode is going to be without any tr need for trigger warning. Okay. Are you ready? Ready as ever. Let's get into House of the Dragon. Prince into King. The Ascension of Jaehaerys I. For our final episode on House Targaryen's history, we're going to look at one more picture. Okay. So now, I want you to picture this big courtyard with red stones all around. Okay. Red brick stones at, for the castle. Yeah. And in the middle of, the, of this yard, you see a very tall, muscular man with black hair. Yeah. And then across from him is a boy who's no older than 16 with silver gold hair and slightly taller but than average but skinny so who has the power dynamic here i mean the muscular man sounds like the intimidating one here there you go but behind the boy 
is a very large bronze dragon. Oh. Devouring an oxen carcass. And as the boy pets the dragon. Now who has the power dynamic? Who has the power? The boy, I would assume. Good. Now let's get into <laughs> I it. I passed. You passed the test. Now, we're going to go a little bit before that to when Jaehaerys first ascended the throne. Okay. So, first, I want to draw us back to the t- the family tree. Okay. All ready to go. Okay, good. So, if you will recall, there was Aegon the Conqueror's son, Aenys, by Rhaenys. Yeah. And that he... Yeah, there's no other way to say it. Let me say it. That mess up. There's no other way to say it, so... <laughs> And then he has his wife, Alyssa Valarian. Yeah, she she was the one who abandoned Dragonstone. Yes, and then they have their children. Yep. Raina. Yes, Raina. Poor girl. Who is still alive. Yep. Aegon, who is dead. Yep. And then you have Viserys. Mm-hmm. And then you have, who's dead, by the way. Yeah. And then you have Jaehaerys. And Alysanne, who were both alive. Okay. And now from Reyna and Aegon's union, because they're married, because they're Targaryens, they have two children, Arya and Rayla. Mm-hmm. And that's a brief overview of the family tree, but I did yesterday. Okay. And at this point, Jaehaerys has inherited the throne of his uncle, Maegor, who has died. Though seen as king, Jaehaerys' claim was not beyond question, however. Though the surviving son of Aenys, his older brother Aegon had two daughters, as I mentioned, Arya and Rayla, which gave them strong claims. His older sister Reyna also had a good claim as the eldest child of Aenys. She would have a better claim than her own daughters, right? Depending on how you look at it. Because oh. if you're sexist, then the line of Aegon goes. Oh. But if you're not, then the line of Reyna. That makes sense. Okay. But they were... Put aside because of their gender, in fact. Oh, so sexism came around there, too. Yeah, I think Rogar Baratheon specifically said, well, this is not Dorne or something like that. Oh. So, just a reminder, Rogar Baratheon is now the supporter of Jaehaerys. Yeah. Just so everyone's aware. Jaehaerys, at this point, was only 14, and a year and a half from his majority. So his mother, Alyssa, was named Queen Regent, and Rogar Baratheon named Hand and Protector of the Realm. However, Jaehaerys was more than a figurehead, having a voice on all decisions made in his name. There was still a question for the victors on what to do with Maegor's supporters, as he still had some allies, few as they were. Some had killed themselves when Maegor died. Oh. Yeah, pretty. While others fled the country or retreated to their castles to see what would happen. Only three of his supporters waited in the Red Keep to surrender to Jaehaerys when he and his sisters arrived by dragon. They were immediately arrested, followed by three court officials and four of the Kingsguard who remained to serve Maegor. When Alyssa and Rogar arrived with their hosts a fortnight later, hundreds more were arrested, all accused of abetting Maegor's usurpation and his cruelties. That's not kind of fair, though. He was king. What are they supposed to do? I think that's kind of... Well, keep in mind, Alyssa's lost a son to this. Oh, it's Two true. sons, actually. That's true. So, I don't think that... She's thinking, well, they had this problem. I think she's thinking, you supported the man that helped kill my children. Okay. I don't care. That makes it made my life hell for however many years. We will be talking about that in a second because 
I wrote this in the notes. So the question on what to do with these prisoners was hotly debated by the king's council. Alyssa, as I said, wanted them all executed for their loyalty to Magor. So it went further than just arrest, it was death. She could not forgive nor forget how they stood by while her son Viserys was tortured to death by Tion at the Tower, who was the wife of Magor, or one of his wives. Rogar Baratheon disagreed, believing that to execute so many would disincline others to bend the knee and incite further war. Jaehaerys, in the end, decided that there would be no executions. The realm needed to see he was not Magor, the cruel, and urged the rest who had not yet bend the knee to bend. He had no authority to overrule his regents, however, but the apparent power of his words and determination made all his nobles give in. That and the fact that Queen Elizabeth did not want to go against his wishes, not wanting him to be seen as weak like Aenys was. Yeah, she'd probably be a little traumatized from all that stuff. Yeah, I think one of the major arcs in this section for her is he can't be seen as weak, he can't be seen as weak. No matter what. He can't make the same mistakes. Most of the prisoners were pardoned, and yes, I said most after Jahara said there would be no executions, because there were. Of course. Those who did get pardoned did have to send hostages to court, though. Naturally. Yeah. And some land was surrendered, too, just so we know. Only Magor's headsmen, jailers, and confessors were executed for serving Tion of the Tower in the torture of Viserys. So people were executed. Them and Magor's Kingsguard were sentenced to death, even the two who deserted him for Jaehaerys, as they were oathbreakers. But Alysanne, the youngest sister of Jaehaerys, intervened and saved them, and instead they were sent to the Wall. So very few people were executed, but we can't say that no one was. I mean, is the Wall better, though? I'd prefer death, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, I would never want to go up there. As news of Jaehaerys' mercy spread, more lords who supported Magor felt safer to swear fealty to Jaehaerys, though peace was still not secure. The faith militant was still at large. No matter what Magor did, they were still there. Yeah. And still against House Targaryen, thanks Magor, and were protected by the small folk. A group of the faithful were currently besieging Old Town, which alarmed the Queen Regent in the hand, for they wanted the young king to be crowned there. Luckily, they never had to intervene, because the problem corrected itself when their leader of the faith was assassinated and the forces disbanded. Oh, that was pretty lucky. Oh, a bit too lucky, if you ask me. Well, yeah, he was assassinated, right? By who? We don't know. We literally don't know. Yeah, the narrative doesn't give that, right? Mm-mm. I think the crown probably had some probably influence on that. Probably that. And conveniently, it left the way open for Jaehaerys to be crowned in Old Town. It was here, here that Jaehaerys, quote-unquote, set the table for the rest of his reign. When urged to undo Magor's laws banning the faith militant, Jaehaerys famously said, The faith has no need of swords. They have my protection, the protection of the Iron Throne. And so Jaehaerys reconciled the Iron Throne and the faith and put an end to the bloodshed of the previous kings. Nine days later, Jaehaerys traveled in a royal pageant back to King's Landing. At Highgarden, Raiden left Jaehaerys and flew her dragon Dreamfire to Fair Isle, leaving her daughter Arya with her brother and sister. Wait, so Jaehaerys has said, there's no need for Faith Milton, everyone just said okay? Yeah, this, in the scene he was very convincing. I didn't, I didn't go into detail yeah. on everything that happened, but there was a big debate yeah. on this. And this would all come back with, to bite Cersei because she would bring back the Faith Milton. Yes, yes she would. The Year of the Three Brides 49 AC The year that followed Magor's death and the rise of Jaehaerys I. This was a year of great splendor and decadence. 
it was the first sign that things were getting better after the downfall of Magor the Cruel. It was also the year when three crucial marriages would take place that would change the political scene of the time. The first marriage of the year was between Queen Raina Targaryen and Andrew Farman. Have you heard of the name Farman? Well, you have. Yeah. But if you only watch the show, you have not. Farman is basically the house of, like, they they're are, very, they're a bannerman to House Lannister on yeah. the Isle of Fair Isle, which is just off the coast of the Westerland. If you look on a map, you can probably see where yeah. it is. It's right by north of it, a little bit north of the Westerland. Yeah. They're very insignificant, I would say, in the grand scheme yeah. of things, but. And they're insin- insignificant here. In fact, she didn't just marry an insignificant house. She married an insignificant member of an insignificant house. Yeah. Because Andrew Farman was the youngest son of the Lord of Fair Isle. So he wasn't even the Lord, the son of the eldest son, I should say. Yeah, he had no... He had a chance, but a very slim chance. To fit with insignificance, it was a modest wedding. Only Lyman Lannister and his wife, Jocasta, attended the ceremony of the great houses in Westeros. The king had no knowledge of the marriage until after the wedding was done. Though upset, Jaehaerys and his sister Alysanne congratulated their sister and sent gifts. Their mother, Alyssa, and the Hand Rogar were not pleased on the other hand, for this was seen as an insult to their authority. Yeah, that makes sense, because, like, usually, I mean, I think of historically, like, usually princesses have to, you know, request for things like that. You need a royal license to get married, but, and she didn't clearly... Well, yeah, you need approval. She clearly does not see Jaehaerys as worthy of... Yeah. Get be asking permission. She probably sees herself as older, wiser. Yeah, been through it more than he has. Probably should have been queen. Probably, yeah. And now we get past the modest and get to the exact opposite with our second marriage of the year. This one took place between the queen regent, Alyssa Valarian, and none other than Rogar Baratheon. So if you could just add him to being married to Alyssa now. So she has gone to a second husband. Oh, that's kind of, would you say inappropriate because, like, they're working? Like, I don't know. It's never a good move for the monarch to marry the hand or their children. It just looks yeah. really bad. But no one seemed to have minded. I would. I think it was expected because the difference here is that Alyssa's not going to be forever on the throne. Not yeah. on the throne, but ruling. And I guess she went to him, right, Storm's in, so it's probably that there's that gratitude there a little yeah. bit. Yeah. To be the exact opposite of Reyna, Alyssa decided that this wedding was to be a magnificent ceremony, with tens of thousands made to witness the nuptials, included with a great tournament, seven days of feasts and games, and a mock sea battle in Blackwater Bay. Wow, they're going all out with the purple wedding who? Purple wedding is nothing. Most of the great houses came to attend the ceremonies, including the Starks of Winterfell, the High Towers of Old Town, and the Lannisters of Casterly Rock. The Lannisters are really having fun with these weddings. <laughs> they just go all over the map. Even House Martell from Dorne, who we have, we've talked about with Aegon, is not part of the Seven Kingdoms, attended with witnesses. Jaehaerys was allowed to meet with many of these great lords, while his sister Alison entertained the noble ladies because Alyssa was too busy and Reyna declined to attend and remained on Fair Isle with her own court. Oh, that's a little... Yeah, there's a divide between Raina and Alyssa at this point because Alyssa was very upset that she was not told by her daughter there was a, she was getting uh, married. So, I wonder why Raina feels that way though. I think they don't. Tr- I don't think she. I think Raina hasn't forgiven Alyssa for overlooking her claim. Oh, that makes sense. As the eldest. Yeah. After the wedding, hundreds of knights took part in a melee to pr- 
to reform King Jaehaerys' Kingsguard. This time would be known as the Golden Wedding. Oh. So it's even better than the Purple Wedding. It's the Golden Wedding. Yeah, and no one died. No one died. Unless someone died in that tournament that I did, overlooked. Okay, that's possible. But the final of these marriages took p- place shortly after the Golden Wedding, and it's probably the biggest wedding to impact history. This is when Queen, the Queen Regent and Hand, husband and wife at this point, decided to find matches for both Jaehaerys and Alicent. They were fairly young, but still their marriages were of vital importance. It was imperative for helping to reforge the realm that Aenys and Maegor had fractured. Yeah. They marry them to, like, big houses, be like, oh, we're friends. Yeah. Makes sense. There was also concern over what would happen if Jaehaerys died without an heir, and his niece Arya ascended the throne and Raina became regent. Though, through the debates, many potential brides were suggested, including Princess Alicent, a match that was in tradition with old Valyria, but Elizabeth refused because she feared how the realm would react to another incestuous match. That makes sense. I'd be scared. I mean, too. she's witnessed firsthand what happens when her own children married. Yeah, she like she would. I think Alyssa's character is very much about like I don't want to repeat what happened already. However, a servant told Alicent of the marriage plans, so she told her brother Jaehaerys. He was quick to respond because, as I have not made clear at this point, Jaehaerys and Alicent are supposedly in love. Supposedly. Supposedly. Brother and sister. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Naturally, they would fall in love. They took their dragons, Vermithor and Silverwing, to Dragonstone and married in that castle. Alyssa was to force to accept the marriage as a fate accompli. Basically, nothing she can do. But Rogar <sighs> was hell-bent on undoing the, this marriage with all his might. Jaehaerys and Alysanne remained on Dragonstone for the rest of his minority, staying close together as husband and wife. Yeah, that would make sense. Like I said before, that would make sense why Al, like Alyssa's worst nightmare is what, like what the everyone would do when this marriage became known by everyone. So I can see why she feels that way. A surfeit of rulers. At this point, the realm was ruled by one king, one hand, and three queens. Oh, Queen Regent Alyssa, Queen Alysanne of Dragonstone and Queen Reyna of Fair Isle, known at this point as the Queen in the West. I'm sure Rogar, Alice, uh, Alyssa, and Jaehaerys were thrilled about that title. Oh, it's a wonderful title. I love it, though. I do I, think yeah, I do cool. like that title. Reyna at this point was growing more resentful of being overlooked for the throne, as she was the eldest sibling. So Makes sense, because I, in my opinion, she should have gotten the throne. And we should keep in mind at this point that it wasn't... Reyna hasn't officially been overlooked until Jaehaerys became king. Yeah. So Aegon seemed to have regarded her as an heir. Aenys thought she and Aegon would rule. And then, of course, Maegor just usurped the crown entirely. Yeah. So it had nothing to do with gender. So what I'm wondering is if... And keep in mind, it was Rogar who made the choice. Yeah. So it's Westerosi and Andal law that was playing a role, not Valyrian. Yeah. So just thought that was interesting to mention. No, it's actually a really good point. So on Dragonstone, Jaehaerys spent most of his time with Alysanne, preparing for the day when he would reach the majority. Rogar made multiple attempts to undo the marriage to King Jaehaerys and Queen Alysanne, such as sending other women to Dragonstone to seduce Jaehaerys, but nothing apparently worked. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot going on with uh, Rogar's attempts, but 
for the sake of time, just gonna He's leave He's 15 at this point, right? He is 15 going on 16. Okay, so a bunch of women trying to seduce 15-year-olds? Okay. I think, well, they're around uh, Alicine's age, because they were sent oh, as her... Oh, okay. They were sent as her ladies. Oh, makes sense. Okay. And back, they sent even sent Septus to be telling Alicine, you know, incest is a sin, and she was like, oh, but I loved her, and she was so nice and kind that the Septus became her closest allies. Oh. And f- were like, yep, you're right. <laughs> the last 10 years don't matter. Yeah, I mean, Alicine was, I guess she was pretty cool. But meanwhile, the Queen in the West's court was collapsing. Already? Already. It was not... It was it been like a year? Yeah, basically. Well, it's... Yeah, it's been a year. Raina befriended her husband's sister, Alyssa Farman, and had a very close relationship with her. But Andrew's older brother, Franklin, despised the Queen. When you say a close relationship, do you mean like a close relationship or like a they were close? In, they were having a very close relationship. I, I should have mentioned... That it seems as if the sources are suggesting that Raina is a lesbian. Yeah. So it seems that when she has a close lady, you can probably imply, it implies that she's having a sexual affair. Yeah. But just for the sake, I was just going to say, I just like hinting at it because it's fun, but... Yeah. And we don't have, like, I guess all the time. Sorry. Yeah. When the Lord of Feral died, Franklin became the Lord, and he summoned Raina to his great hall and exiled her from the island, along with her husband and court. Alyssa was to remain to be married. Oh, her girlfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Raina took Dreamfire to Casterly Rock that night. Despite his forbiddance, though, Alyssa did leave with the rest of the court, after a brief skirmish with her brother's soldiers at the docks. Oh, good. Good. So Alyssa and Raina are united, reunited, yeah. and they're together. At, the, at Casterly Rock, Raina was treated honorably, but soon it became clear that Lyman wanted more from the Queen. He was looking to find a way to get rid of Andrew and marry Raina to his bastard son. And he also wanted dragons. Who wouldn't want dragons? Especially yeah. a Lannister. Get, leave it to a Lannister. Dreamfire, you see, had hatched three on eggs on Fair Isle. And when subtle hints of being given them did not work, he offered to buy the eggs. That was when, when Raina decided they would, could not remain at Casterly Rock. Oh, yeah, you go to the castle. Yeah, I mean, we know the Lannisters. Of course well, they would want something. Yeah, I mean, they've supported her so much before that she probably didn't expect that. But Yeah, but they're Lannisters. They should be expected, especially but from they're very Paul. They're very much I mean, yeah, and also, like, if she wants to be, if, like, she is looking for a, to be a queen, she should know that, like, sometimes you have to give noble stuff. I mean, but then again, would you give them dragons? Probably no. not. No. In King's Landing... Oh, so we went to Dragonstone, now we went to Fair Isle and Catch the Rock, now we're back to Kingsland. Oh, okay. Rogar's desperation against the marriage was growing. The rumors were spreading, and there was nothing he could do. Except remove Jaehaerys from the throne, you see. What? Yeah, there. I I really cut a lot out, but... I think he just hit, like, the red button out of nowhere. Like, he's like, okay, okay, we don't got much time, okay, red button. <laughs> he wanted to place Arya on the throne. And gain Reyna's backing while he ruled as Hand and Regent. I think the only way you get Reyna's backing is if you put her on the throne. Yeah. Just my opinion. Yes. But he probably knows that she doesn't like. I don't know. And so, surprisingly, no one was willing to listen. And Alyssa expelled him from the small council. Rogor even tried to kidnap Princess Arya in the castle. But Alyssa beat him to the punch and hid her away from his power. He then tried to kidnap Princess Rayla in Old Town. I mentioned this in the last episode that Magor sent her to Old Town to yeah, be a Yeah, she never left. Rayla is still there as a Septa. Wait, so Rogar is really just, like, going for it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he tried to kidnap Rayla in Old Town, 
but his brother who went to perform the deed was arrested and in the city and then he confessed that Rogra meant to crown her queen. So treason. Treason. Yes, treason. Alyssa was done with her husband at this point. She ended their relationship, although they were still married. But, I mean, Rogo really was the one who really chose that. But yeah. she did kick him out. So Yeah. And so, Rogo had made a dangerous gamble, and he lost. That's the Game of Thrones. Yeah, you win or you die. What, what do you think he did then? Well, I'm assuming... He's not arrested at this point, so... You know what? I'll tell you. He then gave up and accepted defeat. Oh, that's nice. Something that no one in Game of Thrones would have ever thought to do. Good for him. And he fully expected to be executed, too. Oh. You know, yeah. Now, as the Regency had come to an end, and Jaehaerys was now fully in control. A time of testing. The realm remade. When Jaehaerys arrived in King's Landing, he summoned Rogar to court, who dared not refuse. Oh, his time of reckoning has come. They met in the throne room, where Rogar begged for the forgiveness of his brothers, but Jaehaerys also forgave Rogar, calling him a friend who simply disagreed. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I know, I kind of love that. Rogar, according to Jaehaerys, had spoken treason, but performed none. He said no king ever. No, no king ever, but he needed Rogar as an ally when enemies began to besiege his claim, as they had to Aenys. Oh, incest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rogar was pardoned on the condition that he never spoke a word against the queen and would be her greatest offender, and that he take Alyssa back and treat her well. As for hostages, when Rogar asked about that, Jaehaerys led him out to the inner ward where Vermithor feasted on a smoking bull carcass. And this is where we started Oh, episode. yeah, that's where we were. He's stroking the dragon. Yeah, the, the little boy. His hand is underneath the chin of Vermithor, the name of the dragon. Yeah, now it's very clear who has the power. Okay. And he says, he grows larger every day. Keep your nieces and nephews, my lord. Why would I need hostages? I have your word. That is all I require. Basically saying, like, you can do what you want, but if you do anything out of line, Vermithor will descend on you. It was not needed to be said, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually exactly what he meant. When all was done, Jaehaerys summoned Alysanne to, from Dragonstone, who arrived in haste on Silverwing. By this point, all were really aware that they were married, but Jaehaerys still slept separately from her as he prepared for a second wedding. This one was much cheaper than the Golden Wedding. In attendance were Rogar and Alyssa and Reyna, who flew Dreamfire to the Red Keep. Oh, good. Okay, so, so in a way, it's like her acknowledging, okay. This time, Jaehaerys and Alysanne consummated their marriage i don't think i mentioned that in the last time they didn't consummate it yeah i mean they were 14 yeah okay. she was younger she's i i believe she's now 14 oh and he's 16 okay i mean i oh, i don't like thinking about that sorry okay no you're good and and their brother and sister how lovely targaryens get used to it house of dragon will be filled with that <laughs> aware that their marriage may be met with re resistance jaharis prepared to answer it with words he sent seven people to speak for the marriage, four men and three women. One of them was the Dowager Queen Eleanor Costain. Do you remember Eleanor? Yeah, she was um, Mag Magor's wife. She's the one who walked in on them. She's like the only other survivor. Yeah, she walked in on him dead on the throne, yeah. sword impaled in his throat. He, he killed her husband, right? He did kill her husband. No, no. Yes, yes. 
Poor no, girl. I was going to say no, Jane Westerling, but no, her husband just died. Yeah. So she's here, and she's in support. Yeah. I guess at this point she's just, whatever, just keep me alone. Like, yeah, leave me alone, please. Um. So with Eleanor were three other septons. All of them spoke of Queen Alice's piety and generosity and love for the king. They also preached what was to be known as the doctrine of exceptionalism. This is a very important rule. It preached that incest was wrong for all, except Targaryens. They were of old Valyria, you see, and flew dragons, making them above the laws of the gods. No rebellions rose up against Jaehaerys and Alysanne for, as they did for Aegon and Reyna a decade before. Oh, so it worked. It worked. I mean, it basically was the, everyone going around the kingdom being like, yeah, but keep in mind. Like, it was all, oh, they're above, but I think it was really, guys, they have dragons. Do you really want to keep going down this route? Because yeah. how much, much they emphasized the dragons was crazy. Yeah, because I don't get, like, like how that would work for a lot of people. Because it didn't matter before. And it's like, what, they're, they're, are they really that better than us? I guess because of dragons, you're right. But and all, the, the Targaryens said, do have this ideology that we know of. Where yeah, they think and the silver better. hair. and the, They looked like gods on Earth. Yeah. So, now... That was solved, tied in a neat little bow. Okay. Yet Jaehaerys' problems were not done. He still had to deal with Reyna, you oh, see. Poor girl. So she was no longer, so she's still at Castle Rock at this point? Since leaving Castle Rock as she left, oh. <laughs> her court had been on royal progresses across the Westerlands. Everywhere she went, the same problem occurred. They treat her well first, but slowly she's either unwelcome or too welcome because of Dreamfire. What does too welcome mean? I mean... I don't know how to explain it, but they were basically treating her as if she was welcome every second of the day. Imagine every day. I can picture, like, waking up from bed and going to the door and opening, and they're just there with a pot of cookies. Oh, like, they want you to stay so badly they're going to baby you. I don't... It never... Smother you with love. It didn't really go into detail on it, but that's just what I pictured. Some feared Dreamfire, but others lusted after her and and wanted dragons of their own. Yeah, as we saw with the Lannisters. Reyna was not willing to give them that. Reyna wanted Jaehaerys to give her a place to stay, and asked for Dragonstone, which she said had a, she had a strong claim to. Oh, yeah, yeah. If not a stronger claim than Jaehaerys. I'm older than you, brother, yeah. She calls him at this point, my baby brother. Oh, my God. So, yeah, you can kind of see that the rivalry between the two. In fact, I would actually argue that the Dragonstone thing is a much bigger deal if he granted it to her, because... If, if he acknowledges he had a stronger claim in Dragonstone, why not the throne? Yeah. Yeah. But Jaehaerys was smarter than that. He was not willing to get granted to reign in her own right and divide the kingdom, as he was said. But as but he gave it as a gift from the king. Uh, she mm. agreed, but also asked for her daughter, Arya, returned to her, which Jaehaerys accepted. Oh, so you can see that. So if we're analyzing like that, he's like, okay, but... I'm giving it to you, so it's really my gift to you. It's not yours by right, so you can't say it. So Reyna's like, okay, give me back my child. Give me back your heir. Yeah, also, like, a hostage. Yeah, although it's her daughter's. No, I'm saying, like, it, she's taking a hostage back, in a way. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't use her against me now. And okay. so, the queen in the west became the queen in the east. Birth, death, and betrayal under King Jaehaerys I. In the year 51 A.C., Jaehaerys and Alysanne, who was at this point pregnant with their first child, announced a royal progress that would take them through the Crownlands and the Vale. When they stopped at a town called Maidenpool, which is just north of King's Landing, right by the Vale Mountains, yeah. the Mountains of the Moon, 
So just if you hard to picture, because if you haven't read the books, you probably don't know where it is. It's right around that area. Alicine, when she arrived, was determined to bathe in the pool of Jonquil. Now, Jonquil is a legendary figure from the Age of Heroes who was uh, who bathed in this pool. The waters were now said to have healing powers and were in the control of septas. When Alicine stripped of, off her clothes, however, the septas came at her with knives. Oh. They didn't like the fact that some were not, some of the faith were not willing to accept the fact that Targaryens oh. were going to be incestuous. So last time with the doctrine of exceptionalism in the last section, like it doesn't mean it was totally good. There were still those who would resist. Yes. Eventually, I didn't really talk about it in this um, chapter, but eventually Jaehaerys does manage to get it made into a law by the faith. Yeah. So just to note that, but it's not the whole chapter itself wasn't, that wasn't important to me, just more this, mm-hmm. for which we'll see in a minute why. So the queen's ladies were quick to defend her and save her life, but not her child's. Oh. Alicent gave birth to a son she named Aegon after her brother and grandfather, but he came too soon and died three days later. Alicent forever blamed the women who attacked her. Believing if she bathed in the healing waters, Prince Aegon would have lived. Oh, she didn't even make it into the waters? No, once she took her clothes off, the Septus came out with a knife saying, Die! And then oh, they died. That's actually really messed up. They were they were very fanatical and anti-Targaryen. Yeah. But they didn't make it. Meanwhile, at Storm's End, the Dowager Queen Alyssa fared better, conceiving a child with Rogar. There were fears that the Regency had taken its toll on Alyssa, and that her and that at her age of 44, it would make it more dangerous. But these were unfounded, and she gave birth to a son they named Bormund. So we're actually going to go back to that family tree. And I didn't mention before, but you should write Aegon down too as the eldest child of yeah. Harris and Alicine. And then immediately cross him off, I guess. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> That's so sad. But you can also add for Rogar and Alyssa, Bormund. So Jaehaerys, Alicine, and Reyna, they have a half-brother. They have a half-brother in Aegon, the short-lived had an uncle. Mm. Why did you have to say that? It just, I just realized that he was his uncle. On Dragonstone, Raina's coldness was felt upon by visiting lords, who either were received in that manner or ignored entirely. The Queen in the East also was not getting along with her daughter, Arya, whom she was often stern and shy with. Arya also missed the excitements of King's Landing compared to the silence of Dragonstone, and found herself without any friends except for her mother's girlfriend, Alyssa Farman, who also at this point disliked the island, and the dragons. With Raina's presence, dragons were being born every month, with the eggs from Fair Isle hatching. In fact, I'm sure some of the dragons we see in House of the Dragon originate from Raina's presence oh, on yeah. Dragonstone. There, yep. So like Caraxes, Damon's dragon, will probably be was probably hatched at this point. Okay. Raina had been urging her daughter for a while to choose one of the hatchlings, and one day she'd be able to fly. But there were also other dragons on the islands, for there were wild dragons that escaped and made their lairs upon the, along the island, which we probably will also be seeing, maybe not in the first season, but definitely we will be seeing in House of the Dragon. And there were two more dragons there that were not wild and not hatchlings. Balerion and Vagar. Oh, the conqueror dragons. Who Reyna did not like Balerion because he, how he killed her husband, Aegon the Uncrowned. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. But Vagar she didn't really care about. On another royal progress, Alison Haight held a woman's court, where she heard the grievances of all women in the area they traveled, be they highborn or low. What she heard on this progress was of widows who were be- second wives 
being kicked out of their homes by stepchildren and reduced to penury. To fix this problem, she convinced her husband Jaharis to pass the Widow's Law. Now, what is the Widow's Law, do you wonder? Just protection for widows, right? Correct! This law reaffirmed the right of the eldest son or, or daughter, if there w was no son, to inherit, but they had to maintain their stepmother's income and standing before her husband's death. Also in this law, it stated that children from the first wife could not be disinherited in favor of a later wife or her children, be they man or woman. Okay. When Allison gave birth to a daughter in the year 53 AC, who we will be talking about, but not right now, we'll save that for a later point, all rejoiced, except on Dragonstone, where Arya was upset at being removed down the line of succession, no longer being the heir. Because at this point, she was Jaehaerys' heir, which is oh. weird, because Reyna should technically be his heir, but... Well, as he said, she was Aegon's daughter. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Never mind. So Arya is no longer the heir, so that's been overlooked. Reyna likely, too, was upset by this, at her daughter being removed from the power, but she had her own problems at this point. She and Alyssa were drifting apart. Oh, they're breaking up? N they're gonna. They're about to. They're on the br brink of it. Because Alyssa wanted money from the queen so that she may build a new ship and sail to the Sunset Sea. So, it, the Sunset Sea is the sea right past the Iron Islands. In fact, if you've watched the debacle that was Season 8, you'll re recognize that Arya said what's west of Westeros. Well, Alyssa Farman wanted to know that too. In fact, she wanted to know it first. Yeah, a good 300 years before. But Raina was unwilling to allow her to do this. Eventually, though, Alyssa had enough and told Raina she was leaving without her permission, which Raina received coldly. Alyssa left the next day and sailed for Bravos, though none knew where she actually went. In So, just to mention something before we get back to Dragonstone, in 54 AC, News came from Storm's End that Alyssa was once again with child. This time, she was 46, however. She, but she also had never recovered from Borman's birth. So this one was a little bit more dangerous. Oh, so she's not feeling? That's not good. Well, it's not even that she's not feeling good. It's just the fact that she hadn't fully recovered, and Rogar was immediately going, I want another son. Oh, why? Just let her get better. In this world where men hold dominion, yeah. that wasn't really a concept. Even if they are the mother of a king? Mother of a king, mother of a queen, two queens. Was a queen before, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they just, doesn't matter. So, back to Dragonstone. Okay. Two weeks after Alyssa left, disaster struck, when it was revealed that three dragon eggs were missing, and the likely culprit was Lady Alyssa. Reyna expelled the commander of the castle garrison, charged with maintaining the dragon eggs, and then sent to for her husband Andro, brother of her girlfriend, or ex-girlfriend, yeah. Alyssa, and demanded to know if he was part of Alyssa's scheme, but his denials only angered her more. She did not buy that he didn't know it. She mm. was not convinced at all. In the end, Reyna had to fly to the Red Keep and tell her brother. Alyssa, she claimed, only wanted them to pay for ships, but whoever she sold them to could cause problems with another dragon lord not of House Targaryen. She, they did not like the idea of another Valyria rising. Yeah, of course. Not especially with challenging at least, them. At least not if they were not behind it. Yeah. Though they may not hatch, because it, instead they might turn to stone for, because they were so far away from Dragonstone, there was still concern. Jaehaerys was determined that if a whisper of a dragon hatchling emerged, as it certainly would if dragons did hatch, then he would demand them back. And if refused, Vermithor and Dreamfire would go to war for them. 
when what hatchling could actually stand against two dragons? Yeah. Makes sense, but what about Alisane? Doesn't she have a dragon? So Silverwing. Jaharis actually when Reyna raised this question too, she asked this, and Jaharis said, No, I'm not gonna put my wife and her dragon at risk. To which Reyna replied, I see, so she's the Rainis and I'm the Vistenia. I always knew it. She says something like well, that's that. That's kind of a cool line. I like that. So, yeah, I don't know how Jaharis Basically, she's saying, I'm the one who gets things done <laughs> in a weird way. I don't know how Jaharis would have felt about that line because Visenya was holding him hostage with Alisane and Alyssa for a few years. Yeah, it's a really, that's a good point. So she probably snubbed him in that, too. Oh, she was probably getting under her skin. Yeah. But wow, I that, like the line. I love how you read that. Okay, yeah, that makes a I lot of sense. I paraphrase a little bit, yeah. but that's what she kind of said. As for Alyssa Farman... She sold the eggs to the Sea Lord of Bravos, who is basically kind of the equivalent of a president, I guess. Yeah. And she used the coin to build a ship capable of sailing west of Westeros, sailing into the Sunset Sea to discover lands never before seen. But her story, though fascinating, is not important to our story, so I'm yeah. not going to talk about it anymore. Unfortunately, it's very tar- we're Targaryens. To, if, yeah. If you want to know what happened, you can read Fire and Blood. I'm sure that's online too. It's very interesting. Yeah, you can probably story. look it up on the wiki too. It's probably everywhere. A month before Queen Alyssa was due, a raven arrived for King, the king and queen from Storm's End. Their mother was at the point of death. Oh, my God. Jaehaerys and Alysanne flew to Storm's End in haste. It proved that age and stress was too much for this birth. There was no chance she would survive. Not one chance. Oh. But there was a small chance the child would, if they cut Alyssa open to save Rogar's son. Oh. It was up to Rogar to choose whether he should save his son or his wife. Well, his, his wife is beyond help. So he was currently outside the door, drunk and despairing. So Jaehaerys literally dragged him inside the room and demanded he choose. He could barely look at his wife and decided that his son would be the one saved. And so they cut the, chi- the mother open to save the son. But the child proved to be a daughter named Jocelyn. Not the son he so wanted. So Alyssa's dead? Alyssa's dead. That's so sad. But Jocelyn is born, so please add her to the list and cross off Alyssa. Aww. Sorry about that. Aww. That's, that's a bad way to go. That's the thing with childbirth this time. It's, like, really, like... Yeah. There's a legend that Alyssa woke up at, to say farewell to her children and said, save the baby. But the records really don't go in favor it wouldn't of it. Be, it wouldn't work, I don't think. No. I think it's more of a, like, a romanticizing it. That's so sad. Then Raina came. Oh. She came to make amends with her mother, too oh. late. Mm. When she saw the remains of the Dowager Queen, she demanded to know where Rogar was. She found him in the Great Hall, where Raina stood before him and cursed him for killing Alyssa. When he dared to say that it was the will of the gods and ask how he could possibly have killed her, Raina said, You put your cock in her. She gave you one son. That should have been enough. Save my wife, you should have said. But what are wives to men like you? She then grabbed his beard and pulled him to her and said, Hear this, my lord. Do not think to wed again. Take care of the whelps my mother gave you, my half-brother and half-sister. See, see that they want for nothing. Do that, and I will let you be. If I should hear even a whisper of your taking some poor maid to wife, I will make another heron hall of Storm's End with you and her inside it. Then she left, and Rogor decided to mock her behind her back, saying, does she think to frighten me? Me? I do not fear the wrath of Magor the Cruel. Should I fear hers? He never married again. 
<laughs> I guess he was. I mean, that's a really cool story. I mean, she had to be somebody like so like sad and despairing that she's hearing that this guy is just like yeah. I would yeah. Raina has a fire in her. This year was not done with Raina, however. Oh. Back on Dragonstone, Raina was dealt another blow. Arya's reckless behavior was becoming a problem, and her relationship with Andrew, her husband, in tatters. The wrong farman ran away, she was known to say. Her only comfort came in her other lady friends on the island. I'm not sure if they're also uh, paramours of hers or they're just friends, but... Then sickness came to Dragonstone. All her ladies succumbed to the illness. Oh my god. And then it came to light that it was not illness, but poison that killed Raina's ladies, potential paramours. She knew exactly who was behind it and sought out her husband, finding him in the chamber of the painted table, where that big map of Westeros was, if you remember from the first episode of this Targaryen history. He mocked his wife and her ladies, but she did not deign to reply, only ordering him to be gelded for his crimes. Then he jumped out the window and flew, just as his wife did. He flew to his death, and his remains were fed to the dragons of Dragonstone. That's so messed up. I feel like this is just a bad year for Reyna, just loss after loss. The final blow for Reyna came at the end of the year. Her daughter, Arya, stole a dragon. But not just any dragon, Balerion was gone. Jaehaerys sent word across the Seven Kingdoms to locate the dragon, but after days passed, Reyna herself took flight in search of her daughter. And so the year ended for Reyna and... A mess. I don't even have another word yeah, for it. Just... Uh, her life's a mess at this point. Yeah. Nothing's going right. Jaehaerys and Allison, their triumphs and tragedies. Reyna first searched for her daughter across the Seven Kingdoms, going to Old Town, Highgarden, and Casterly Rock, and Fair Isle. Most of them areas that Reyna and her daughter Rayla were tied to in some way or another. From there, Reyna disappears from history, being seen as far north as the Barrowlands near Winterfell, or in the deserts of Dorne. Reyna shunned castles and people, staying in wild, lonely places, leaving us with the question of if she was looking for her daughter or solitude. Oh, this poor girl. She seems to have had enough. I think she just can't get a break now. Yeah, eventually she went to um, this island called Estermont, which is off the coast of the Stormlands, where another of her friends or paramours was. Okay. And we don't know what happened there, but we know that she stayed there for some time. Okay, so maybe a Eventually, bit. though. Yeah. But meanwhile, Jaehaerys was certain Arya would turn up somewhere, as Beleriand was not so easily concealed. Reports came from the east of sightings, but none of them were proved truthful. The only real way they knew that she was alive was Allison just felt it. She just felt that she, Arya was alive. I feel it. She's out there. She said that. I think she said something like that. Oh, uh, like a movie. Yeah. I think she said, I would know if she was dead. Yeah. And she was right. It was on a cold day in the fourth month of the 50, year 56 AC when Arya and Berlarion returned to King's Landing. That's a good, like, over a year later, right? Over a year. Mm-hmm. Arya fell from her dragon when it landed. She was seriously ill, so bad that the king and queen were denied access to her chambers while their confidant, Septon Farth, took care of her. She was dead by dusk. Oh... What happened to Arya is something that I'm not going to talk about because it's so crazy that it deserves a more more time to discuss. To be honest, it was it was crazy. Uh, if if you haven't read Fire and Blood, I recommend it just for this section of the story. It's horrifying and sickening and insane all at once. But we're not going to talk about it because not enough time. Understandable. Yep. 
But to suffice to say that it seems likely Balerion took her to Valyria, and it was that place that sealed her fate. That's all I'm going to say about it. Well, I'll say this too. <laughs> it also inspired Barth to write a book called Dragons, Worms, and Wyverns, Their Unnatural History, a controversial and famous book that may be seen in House of the Dragon. May be seen. Maybe. I think Hopefully, it, I hope. I think it will be mentioned if not seen. Yeah. I think mentioned is a definite. Reyna, again, arrived too late. Oh my god. It seems she just can't catch a break at this point. Arya was already dead by the time the raven reached the queen at the Isle of Estermont. Reyna took her daughter's ashes and scattered them in the winds as she flew across the sky. Reyna was done. She did not want to return to Dragonstone, where there was nothing for her but grief and ghosts. She was offered a place on Jaehaerys' small council, but she refused, laughing as she said he would not like her counsel. In the end, Reyna retired at Harrenhal, the cursed seat where ghosts were said to haunt. Ray did not care about these ghosts, saying, They are not my ghosts. They will not trouble me. Oh, that's... Mm. I feel like I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Reyna Targaryen, daughter of one king, wife of two, and sister to a third, spent the rest of her life in the Widow's Tower of Harrenhal, while in the Tower of Dread, another lived. Magor Towers, named after Magor the Cruel, and from a house that supported him, the man and tyrant that caused Reyna so much grief. The two somehow formed a small friendship, and when he died, the last member of House Towers, the last member of House Towers, so that house is gone. Curse struck again. She took his servants into her own household and maintained them until death. She died in 73 AC at the age of 50. She never visited King's Landing or Dragonstone again, or took part in the politics of Westeros. She did visit her daughter Rayla in Old Town once a year. She was feared to be a witch by the small folk, and though travelers were given hospitality in their castle, they never had the honor of her company. She could be glimpsed now and then on the battlements, or returning from a flight, as Reyna always rode Dreamfire until the end, just as she had at the beginning. Her ashes were interred in Harrenhal. And so passed one of my favorite Targaryens in the history of Westeros. Yeah, I almost want to cry with that. That's... It's a very sad ending, but I will say this. The curse of Harrenhal didn't affect her. She's the only person to make it out without actually being affected like, by yeah, it. Yeah, she died there, but she never cared. She, like, as she said, they're not my ghosts. I don't care about any curse. Because her life, I've already lost so much. I don't need enough, I don't need Harrenhal to curse. <laughs> what's a curse here? I yeah, think. what's more? Yeah, she seems to have found solitude and comfort there. Yeah. Ironically, and lived just alone. It sounds like. Well, she had her own household. Again, she took Magor's small household. It was a very small household, but yeah. She, so she might have confided in them. She might not have. She, they might we just never. don't know. Yeah, I can picture the servants in the kitchen being like, this Reyna, I don't I never see her anymore. Oh, she's yeah. dead? She, she died a very, like, private person. Private citizen. Yeah, but her, but she's not the end of her story. Yeah. The final aspect of Jaehaerys' reign that I'm going to discuss before we get into his children is what happened with the eggs. Kind of tie this loose yeah. end up. It was discovered they were in the Sea Lord of Bravos' keeping. Jaehaerys and his new hand, Septon Barth, who we've talked about writing that book. Yeah and treated area to deal with this problem. Veiled threats were traded, Barth threatening dragons while the Sea Lord threatened the Faceless Men. But the Sea Lord was not comfortable exchanging threats, and instead decided to make a deal. He offered, for the eggs, which had turned to stone by this point, for giving the Iron Throne's debt to the Iron Bank. He also was at this point saying, I don't even really have the eggs, but let's just say I did. Yeah. But he did. If the eggs were to hatch, which was unlikely since, again, they're stone, 
then he knew a problem would arise. But again, he was banking on the fact that they would not hatch. They're yeah. just pretty. They're very valuable without hatching. Yeah. The deal was agreed. The coin and cr- the cr- and the coin the crown gained was put into improving the city and kingdom, while the eggs were slowly forgotten from the world, until they reappeared almost three hundred years later for a teenage Targaryen wedding to a Dothraki call. Daenerys. Daenerys. It's likely they're Daenerys' eggs, though we don't know officially, but I think they fit. That's actually really fascinating. What was like a big problem for Jaehaerys and, and Alicene, and I guess not Alicene, but um, Reyna. He was like, oh my god, someone else is going to use them. It turns out to be like the saving grace of their family, like almost 300 years so later. So if Alyssa Farman didn't steal the eggs from Dreamfire, which also fascinates me because Dreamfire is the mother of Drogon, Rhaegon, Viserion. Yeah. Hundreds of years apart, but still. Yeah. Which I find fascinating. And also, Reyna is connected to Daenerys in some way. Yeah. Other than by blood. But yeah. not even, not from a direct lineage, but from the dragons. Yeah, it's a little way of George connecting the story, and I really love that. The Long Reign. For this section, what we're focusing on is the children of Jaehaerys and Alysanne. More particularly, a few select children. So we're not going to be talking about Jaehaerys' policies and actions during his reign. Yeah, it's a long reign. Yeah, hence the title. So, Jaehaerys and Alicent had 13 children, 6 boys and 7 girls. For the sake of time, I'm only going to be talking briefly about 4, and more in depth for 4 others. These are all the children of Jaehaerys and Alicent in order of their births. So get that family tree ready. Okay, I'm ready. The eldest is Aegon, born in 51 AC, who died Three days later. Yeah. We already talked about him. They also had a daughter named Daenerys. You know, if you know. I wonder if I heard that name before. I haven't. She was born in 53 AC. And she was followed two years later in 55 by Aemon. Both of these characters, Daenerys and Aemon, we're going to be talking about later. As well as Balion, who was born in 57 AC, and Alyssa, born in 60 AC. The first one we're not going to be talking about is Miguel, who was born in 62 and died in 96. She became a septa and eventually died of grayscale after nursing children afflicted with the disease. Okay. That's sad, but at least she did something good. She was do- She did good, so you can cross her off already, just like Aegon. Okay. Vagon we'll be talking about more later. He was born in 63. And his little sister, Dela, we will also be talking about, and she was born in 64 AC. Oh, and also her younger sister, Sarah, who we will be talking about was born in 67. The next one we're not talking about is Visera, born in 71 AC and died in 87. She died in a drunk horse racing accident in King's Landing. Yes, she mm. did. Mm, sounds sounds about right for a rich kid right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty interesting story, but we're not going to talk about it, so cross her off. She's dead. And she was followed by Gaiman, born in 73 and died in 74. He was only three months, it was only three months after his birth. And then, also like him, was a Valerion, born in 77, and died in 78. He died a fortnight before his name day, or birthday. And the final one, who we will be talking about a little bit more later, is Gail, who was born in 80 AC. She also has, her story is not as important as the other ones, I just think it fits more with Alicene's story, to talk about her. So now, Two of them, of the of the two that we're going to be talking about, and in fact the entire family that we just mentioned, only two of them outlive both Jaehaerys and Alicent. Oh. Which is why I'm talking about them. That's why I'm talking, I picked those two, which for is Vagon and Sarah. 
So there's a very, very, very slim chance next to none that they might appear in House of the Dragon because they might still be alive. But I'm not holding my breath for them. It's just a possibility. Yeah, I wouldn't. Four have a very big impact on the history of House Targaryen, and two others have impacts on Jaehaerys and Alicen, as I've discussed before. So now, the first one that we're going to talk about is Daenerys. And she was the second child of Jaehaerys and his supposed heir for a few years before her little brother Aemon was born. Alicen recognized her as the heir because she was the eldest child of the king, saying she would be a great queen. But Jaehaerys would reply by saying she would. When she married Aemon... A response that did not please Alice. So a little bit of discord between the couple already. Yeah, they seem to disagree on female succession. Yeah. Which, I don't know why Alice surprised. I mean, Reyna was discarded for Jaehaerys, and Arya and Rayla were discarded for Jaehaerys. Yeah. So I guess it's a bit hypocritical, but at the same time, M- go. Maybe, maybe Alice saw it as, well, the overthrew Magor. Like, it wasn't, a, we weren't really thinking of succession at the time, but now that we're in this time of peace, we can think about the proper order of things. I like that. Good. Love Alicent. Well, this debate would never go anywhere because in 60 AC, a disease known as the Shivers spread through the Seven Kingdoms. Yes, it's called the Shivers. Its symptoms were chill that slowly got worse. Goose prickles would appear in the flesh, and the cold would get so bad that the hands and feet would convulse. When the victim's lips turned blue and blood was coughed up, they were at the end. One in in five would survive. Oh. One of the victims was Princess Daenerys. All that could be done for her was done, such as prayers, scolding baths, anything to keep her warm, really. Jaehaerys realized in the end that he needed a dragon egg to save his daughter and sent messengers to Dragonstone to fetch one. But it arrived too late, and Daenerys died a day and a half after she got the disease. How old was she? Um, She died in 60. She was born in 53. Quick math. Seven. She was seven? Or was she eight? Probably, I think seven. Good. One of us is better at math than the other, and it's not me. (laughs) I just record. I only really mention Daenerys because her death struck at the heart of the doctrine of exceptionalism. She was a Targaryen, blood of old Valyria, not like other men. The laws of gods did not apply. And Targaryens did not get sick. Yet now it seemed that Targaryens were not so close to gods as believed. They were only human. Oh, wow. And I also also mention her because... The idea of female succession again rears its head. It will yeah. it will come back before the end of this episode. It, we dealt with it with Reyna, and we will deal with it with Daenerys, and we will deal with it again. Yeah. But not yet, because we're going to look at the next person who lived. This person outlived Jaehaerys and Alicene. He's one of the two. And this one was Vagon, born in 63. And we do not know when he died. We literally have no account of it. So he could have died right around the time of Jaehaerys, or he could have died much later. Which is why I think there's a possibility that he might appear. Yeah. Unlikely, but possible. He was the seventh born child, and from a young age he was betrothed to his little sister Dela. But the match was not a good one. He tolerated her, but she was frightened of her sour brother who was more interested in reading than in playing. Vagon thought Dela was stupid in his own right, so he so she looked at him kind of thinking he was too bookish and he looked at her saying, Well, you're dumb. In fact, matters got worse when he was 10 and she was 9 when a lady in waiting to Alicent teased at, about their marriage and Vagon declared he would never marry her because she could not read, which is not wrong, and that she would only have stupid children. 
Aww. So he's not the nicest person. No. I mean, again, I guess he's 10, but... Well, Dayla ran away in tears, Alisane chasing after her, while their older sister, Alyssa, who we will be talking about, poured a flagon of wine on Vagon's head. Rightfully so. Yes. I mean, again, he's 10, so he's not... But I would have said that, but as he grew older, he still was more kind of the same. He, he, yeah. He learned courtesy, but never politeness. Yeah. So, Alisane seemed to understand that Vagon was more interested in learning than in girls, as he grew older, he was more passionate about history, math, languages, and cartography than women. Alison was the first to realize that Vagon was better suited to be a maester than a prince. He went to the citadel, forged his chain, and became not a maester, but an archmaester, which is the highest order in the citadel. So he's doing well for himself in that area of the world. And we just don't know anything after Jaehaerys is reign about him. Yeah, he disappears, so we won't be talking about him anymore. Instead, we're going to turn to his once betrothed, Dela. She was the eighth-born child and seemed to be afraid of everything. She loved cats until a kitten scratched her, then was afraid of them, afraid of gardens, afraid of bees, and dragons. I mean, basically everything. Yeah, I know that dragons, like, anyone would be afraid of dragons, but she's a Targaryen. It's her birthright to And her family them. ride them like nothing at this point. It, in fact, the record, the book said that she was even afraid of Silverwing, which was Alicene's. Oh. So... She, she seemed to have very bad anxiety and fear. Yeah. Um, so, Jaehaerys was upset because he could not see how she would get married if she was so afraid. And Alysanne did her best, but Dela's fear of men became a problem. In fact, the closest she got to marrying, at the end she backed out because the guy worshipped the old god, so she was afraid of going to hell. Aww. <laughs> yeah, so she was not willing to do that. Eventually, Jaehaerys told Alicene in no simple terms that Dela had to pick someone to marry, or else she would be sent to the Silent Sisters. Why she had to marry? I don't really know. They had 13 kids. Yeah, they could make that work. Yeah. In the end, Dela picked a far older but gentle lord named Roderick Aaron. So she married to House Aaron. She married into House Aaron, the lord of House Aaron in the Vale she went. In the year 82 AC, Alicene received a raven from the Eyrie. Dela was pregnant and afraid. Alicine went to her daughter and remained by her side while she gave birth to a daughter named Emma. So if you could please add a few things to the family tree <laughs> okay. that I forgot to mention. Write for Dela, Roderick, Aaron. Yep. And then from that union, they have a daughter named Emma. 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 With an A. So it's A-E-M-M-A. I don't... Just so everyone's aware, that's yeah, not spelled it's not Emma. not spelled like your normal Emma. <laughs> yeah. And then you can cross Dela off as well because childbed fever set in oh again only two people outlived jaharis oh. and of their children and it wasn't dayla that's so messed up and she then was scared she was followed in a few years later by her sister Alyssa. oh she was the fifth born child oh i should mention i didn't i realized this as i was doing it i'm not going in order of birth i'm going in order of death unless uh. they outlived them then i went in order of their birth Okay. That makes sense? Yeah, it makes cool. sense. Alyssa was more daring than Dela and had taken a dragon named Melees as her mount. This dragon likely was one of those that Raina hatched on Dragonstone, by the way. Alyssa loved to fly. She also was very close to her older brother, Balon, and the two of them wed and remained happily married for years, spending all their time together. In 77 AC, Alyssa gave birth to a son named Viserys. So now, again, I urge you to turn back to the family tree. Unite them. Unite Balon and Alyssa, and then give them a son named Viserys. Okay. And you can also add another son named Daemon, who was born in 81 AC. Yep. 
both babies upon birth, she strapped to her t- chest and took flying on Melee's. <laughs> That's how much she loved to fly. She was not willing to let birth stand in her way of going on her dragon. Alyssa meant to do the same in 84 AC after she gave birth to a son named Aegon. So if you could please add Aegon. But Alyssa never managed to recover from the birth and died within a year. Her son Aegon followed half a year after her own death. So both of them can be crossed off as well. Another. Another Targaryen dead. Damn. And now for this section, we're, we're going to wrap up this section with one more Targaryen. And then we're going to talk about the last three in its own part. You got it. So this one, her name was Sarah. She was the ninth born child of Jaehaerys and Alysanne. And she caused the greatest scandal for Jaehaerys and Alysanne. When it was discovered that she was having a sexual relationship with three men at once. Oh. So... It's more complicated than that, and I would love to go into detail, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Because for the sake of time. But he, what the stuff going on with her was, some of it was very messed up, and some of it I would consider if we, she lived nowadays would be not that bad, but she lived in the Middle Ages, so it was pretty mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. So she was punished with confinement in her rooms, but may have been forgiven had she not snuck out and attempted to reach the dragon pit and seal a dragon. Smart move. Well, if she got away, it would have been a spectacular. Yeah, it would have been very clever. <laughs> she might have claimed one of the be- best dragons. Balerion was in the dragon pit at this point, so she could have claimed him. Yeah. But since it failed, in hindsight, we know it sealed her fate. She was sent to Old Town to serve as a novice of the faith as punishment under her sister Miguel, by the way, who, again, would die later in life. But she fled from the city and escaped to go across the sea. She became a courtesan in the free city of Lice, to which Alisane cried out, they made our daughter a whore, to which Jaehaerys replied, she always was. Isn't he father of the year? Wow. Forcing daughters to marry when they are afraid of everyone, then sending others to a nunnery, and then when they escape, saying they're a whore. Wonderful man. If you can't tell, I'm not a fan of Jaehaerys. Yeah. He's interesting in some parts, and in some parts I'm just like, you. Yeah. Anyway, she eventually gained enough wealth from her re- re- job to move to Volantis, another free city, and own her own pleasure house, a kingdom of her own, as she called it. So she's building her own kind of empire of business. She's kind of a corporation. Yeah. That's why I was thinking that she might play a role, because the free cities might have some presence in the story, because it's like France having an impact on England. Yeah, and she is still she is still alive, at least the in the immediate aftermath of yes. Harris's death. So I don't know if she will. I kind of doubt it, though, but you never know. You never know. Heirs of the Dragon, a question of succession. For the last part on our history of House Targaryen, we're going to be talking about the last decade of Jaehaerys' reign, which will have the greatest impact on House of the Dragon. But first, we need to look at the oldest surviving son at this point, Aemon, who was born in 55 AC. He was the third born child and was recognized by Jaehaerys as heir and Prince of Dragonstone when he was eight. He also at this point had claimed the dragon Caraxes as his own. If you don't know, Caraxes is the dragon you see in the trailer for House of the Dragon, the one that has the long neck. Yeah. It's called the Bloodworm. Very serpentine neck. They made it look very much like that. So that's Aemon's dragon. And he had a very not so controversial marriage for House Targaryen, but I thought it was weird. You remember Jocelyn Baratheon, daughter of Alyssa and Rogar and the half-sister to Jaehaerys and Alicene. Yes. He married her. His, his aunt. aunt. Mm-hmm. Incest comes back to us again. Well, it turns its ugly head right It wasn't, around. yeah. 
The two of them, Jocelyn and Aemon, had only a daughter named Rhaenys in 74 AC. There were no sons in this marriage, only a daughter. And keep Rhaenys in mind, because she's going to be important in House of the Dragon. In fact, she's kind of important now, because when she was 13, she claimed the dragon, Melis, the dragon that Alyssa rode before she died. And in fact, we'll be seeing Melis in House of the Dragon, because Rhaenys will be seen. Yeah. When she was 16, she also married the Lord of Driftmark, Corlys Velaryon. In fact, if you could just write, connect the dots between Jocelyn and Aemon. Yep. And then from there, write Rhaenys, their daughter. Yep. And then connect a dot to her, and then write Corlys Velaryon. Corlys Velaryon. So now they are... So Corlys, Corlys Velaryon is also going to be in the show. A very big character. I feel like the characters we're talking about now are all big, except for Aemon, because, well, you'll see. Yeah, okay. So this match was had political implications, but I think it was more done for love. At least the narrative tells us it was love. Yeah. But in 92, Rhaenys was pregnant when her father went off to war against pirates on Tarth. He would never return. While there, Aemon was killed and avenged by his brother, Balon. Aemon's death ought to have left his daughter as Jaehaerys' heir, but instead he named Balon the heir. So, when I first read this, I always just immediately went to sexism, and indeed, it is sexism. Yeah. But it I didn't realize how closely related to this whole situation was to when Jaehaerys first ascended the throne. Because if you will recall, when Maegor died, there were arguments for Arya to sit the throne as the daughter of Aegon. But instead, the throne went to her uncle, Jaehaerys. This is the same exact thing. Rhaenys the heir was overlooked for her uncle, Balon. Yeah. Rhaenys was upset at her and her child being displaced, which, when born in 93, was proved to be a daughter they named Lena. If you could write Lena down for me. Lena. The daughter who has also been disinherited. But Rhaenys wasn't the only one upset. Also, I should say... Uh, Jocelyn Baratheon was upset, as was her brother Bormund, who we might be seeing House of the Dragon. I think his name was mentioned in a yeah. teaser. He's also upset. Yeah, and I can't imagine Corlys is happy either. Corlys is not happy. So basically, Jaehaerys has angered a lot of important people. Yes. Chief among them was Alysanne herself, seeing how woman was displaced again because of her gender. Alysanne and Jaehaerys drifted apart after this, and their relationship never fully recovered. Yeah, wasn't she like, oh, then what am I doing here? She basically said... Um, a cock is unessential to ruling. If you think so, then you have no more need of me. And then she left. I, they reconciled, but they never agreed on the succession. Like a badass. Yeah, but now we're going to, before we turn to the last son that we're going to talk about, we're going to turn to someone whose death I think is not more important, but I think it's a very, for yeah. our story, just a very important character's death. Alisane. For she was yeah. to die before her husband. Alysanne spent the last years of her life sad and lonely. All things she loved were lost to her, with her famously saying, My uncle Magor was cruel, but age is crueler. Childbirth, travel, and grief had weakened her. Once, she fell and broke her hip and needed a cane to walk forever after, and her hearing began to fail. All of this made it impossible to fly Silverwing, her dragon. When she climbed off the dragon, she wept, knowing she would never again ride her dragon. So where Reyna had her the solace of her dragon Dreamfire, she would not have Silverwing to guide her. Uh. And I should mention that though Silverwing and Dreamfire have left her story, they are still around, so they will be in House of the Dragon. Yeah. But Alison 
we're going to go back to her. Only three children outlived her, two of them estranged forever, Phagon and Sarah. The last of her children to die before her was Gail in the year 99. Now, I'm going to talk a bit about Gail because I said that we were going to talk about eight of, of yeah. their children, but we only talked about seven. But I think Gail is more interesting in the fact of the impact it had on Alisane. Yeah. So Gail was born in the year 80 AC. And at that point, Alisane was 44 in age. So at that point, she only had 12 children, and she didn't want to have any more. She told Jaharis, look, I've had 12 pregnancies. I gave you a bunch of children. Let's be done. There's no more need to have more children. Rightfully so. Jaharis, in response, replied, Oh, please, to paraphrase, I should say, Oh, please, our mother had a child at your age. Keep in mind, Alyssa would die when she was around this age for having children. I mean, children. What's, what's the logic there? Sexism. I, I'll say it, like, was she a baby-making machine and only that? Seems like it. That's that's my problem with Jaharis, is that he seems to be seen, represented as being this great guy in the history yeah. of Westeros. But he seems to be a very mean person. I mean, he calls his daughter Sarah a whore. He forces his daughter, Dela to marry when she's afraid of everything, when she could just be happy and living on dragon zone or at court. And then he just screws his wife over by risking her life 13 times. Yeah. And when she told him, I don't want to do this again, he said, nonsense, you will be doing it again. Yeah, actually, to um, go off a little bit, it looks to me like the way with the succession... Alicine saw the children of Raina and Aegon being passed over as, like, because the succession was messy, Maegor and all that stuff, it was more important to get rid of him. Whereas Jahara saw it as he had a better claim than them. Yeah, she saw it as just right of conquest. We yeah. did this great thing where Jahara thought, well, I'm the man, so obviously it's my right. Yeah, so where, so where the text makes it seem like they were very much in love, I can very much see that it probably wasn't so much the case. Or at the least drifted apart over the years. They seem to have very much... They admit that they fell out in the 90s. Yeah. So... That seems likely. Yeah. When Gail was born, she it, she was called the winter child for being born in the winter years of Alicine's life. And she was mentally challenged. Gail died in the year 99. And this was not from any accident or disease. For she had been seduced and abandoned by a traveling singer. And she gave birth to a stillborn son shortly after. Overwhelmed with grief, she walked into the waters of Blackwater Bay and drowned. Oh, that's messed up. Yeah, and it's not it's not a natural death. Yeah. This one, I think, hurt Alice in the most. Yeah, because it's like, she probably would be thinking, like, what could have I done to prevent that? I don't, yeah, I mean, the thing, the fact is that Alice probably felt guilt because at this point, Gail was her constant shadow, always with her, always following her everywhere she went. So this traveling singer would likely have been in Alice court. Oh, uh, like she could have prevented it all. Yeah, I mean, we, the book says seduced, but... We have to live with the implication that what does seduced mean? Yeah. Very likely, the singer wasn't exactly trying to woo Gail. Mm, yeah. Which, well, this was the final straw for Alice, and she never recovered from this tragedy, the last true companion she had. She made her peace with Balon, not with Jaharis, who, for overlooking Rainies, but she did accept the fact that Balon was going to inherit. And she told him that he would be a great king, never knowing what was to come after her own death. Alisane left King's Landing when Gale died, leaving behind a court of strangers she did not know and retired to Dragonstone. Alisane died on Dragonstone at the age of 64 in the year 100 AC 
a century after the conquest was started. Her ashes were interred there. And so passed one of my favorite Targaryens. Yeah, she was a she was a really good one. Just before another tragedy struck the house. For now, we must turn to the eldest surviving son, Balon. We're going to talk about his early life too before we get into the big implications, but... Yeah, because a lot to him. He was born in 57 AC, and he was the fourth child, known as a Spring Prince, and Balon the Brave after he had smacked Beleriand in the snout when he was a baby. The guards were very shocked at this audacity <laughs> because the dragon was the largest the dragon. He was like, slap, and the dragon did not kill him. <laughs> so Blair was like, what the? He's either braver than most or else just silly. Yeah. <laughs> but he did not claim Beleriand on his own. Instead, he claimed Vagar, the smaller she-dragon, although the second largest at this time, as long as Beleriand lived. If you will recall, she was Visenya's dragon until Visenya died, and then she was just left on Dragonstone, and eventually, I guess, moved to the Dragon Pit. As I had already stated, he married Alyssa, and they had three sons together, two of them surviving, Viserys and Daemon, who we've already written, and we should note will be important in House of the Dragon. Very important, yeah. When Aemon died, as again, this is a bunch of just reiterating the same yeah. thing, but Jaehaerys controversially named Balon as heir. Overlooking Rhaenys and her children, Lena and her younger brother, Laenor. So now we have to add her own son, Laenor. Laenor. He is the younger son. Who will also be in the show. Yes, he will. Lena will too. I don't know if I mentioned that. I probably did. Doesn't matter. Mentioned it how many times. Balon eventually would rise to serve as Hand after Septon Barth died and served well in the role, supposedly. But now we're going to look more at Balon's sons, because I think they're more important at this point, considering that they're going to be in House of the Dragon. Yeah, well, definitely. So, the Elder, Viserys, was the last one to ride Balerion, the Black Dread. He flew around King's Landing, though the dragon was very weak and died shortly after in the year 94. The last dragon, last being to have been in Valyria, has passed. The r dragon that Aegon the Conqueror used to forge the Iron Throne, dead. We will be seeing his skull, though, in House of the Dragon. Which, if you've seen the promo pics and the teaser... It'll be really cool. Yes. It, I can't wait. It lo he looks massive. Yeah. Because he was. But Viserys, at this point, after the passing of his dragon, married his cousin, Emma Aaron. Do you remember Emma Aaron? Yes. She was Poor the, Dela. She was the daughter of Dela, the, and they had... And at this point, she was 11... Viserys oh. was older. I'm not sure the age, but he, I think he was born in 77, so... So a few years older. Yeah, he was, He was. I think... I don't know the age. I'm not going to guess. But he didn't start having... Trying to procreate with her until she was 13, because that's a very lovely thing to do. How nice. How nice. Again, it's the Middle Ages, but whatever. Only one of their children managed to survive too long, actually. <laughs> and this was a daughter named Rhaenyra in 97. If you watch the trailer... You probably have heard this name quite a bit. I think they I think they said it three times in the yeah. second teaser trailer. The showrunners did say she will be the most important character in the story. So, so you expect a lot from her, but keep, not right now. Keep an eye out for her, but not now. She's she, a baby. She's just a little baby. Now we're going to look at his younger brother, Damon, who also claimed a dragon and married. His dragon was the younger Caraxes, his wife, the older, Rhea Royce. First, let's talk about the dragon, Caraxes. We've mentioned that Aemon rode him, the Bloodworm as he's known. We'll see him in House of the Dragon. I think we can safely say he's going to be with Daemon. Yeah. And we will also be probably seeing Rhea Royce, although I'm not sure how much, considering that she was the heir to Runestone in the Vale. So Runestone is 
and House Royce are a very big family in the Vale. They're not really in the show that much. I think we one know member is. Bronze Yon Royce, who was like Santa's right hand, like the last season out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, we see him in season four from there on out. He's a very minor character, but he's still there. Well, this might it might be an ancestor of his. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. George hasn't made the family tree clear for that family. Yeah, but he, Damon, I should say, and Rhea remain childless. And theirs was a loveless marriage. Damon naming her his bronze bitch. Why oh. he, he she got that term, I don't know. I, I doubt it was because of her personality. I don't think he, I just don't think they got along. Yeah, I mean what a great name. I mean like that's that's how we should know how Damon is, how he refers to people. He's a very wild character. Doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. But at this point the realm seems stable with a clear air. Then, Balon died of a burst belly, and the question of succession attacked Jaehaerys once again. Just like that. He's dealt with it quite a bit from his entire reign, from the moment he ascended with the question of Arya and Reyna, to now with no heir. Yeah, no clear heir. Not to say there were no claimants, there were many. Aemon's daughter, Rhaenys, along with her daughter Lena and her son Laenor. Arguments were made for all three of their claims, However, most people didn't seem to really care about Lena that much. They didn't consider her claim to be strong, considering she was the daughter of the daughter. Yeah. Lena's was strong because he was the son of the daughter. But he was a man. Exactly. But Rainey's is also pretty strong in a yeah. case, because she is the next yeah. line. I also think it's important to note that Lena and Lena are children. They are children at this point. But there was also the claim of Viserys, as the eldest son of the second son. Damon, in fact, was already preparing for war for his brother, summoning swords to his side whilst Rhaenys' husband, Corlys of Valarian, was amassing armies too. Jaehaerys was, in short, unsure of what to do. Basically because the realm was about to go to war. Yeah, I mean, without Alicent, he really does show himself to be kind of useless. It kind of shows who had the pants from the relationship, despite what the histories will tell us. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Could be wrong. But to me, the fact that he had summoned his son Vagon to help him kind of points to me that he didn't. Yeah. wasn't the best to rule. So he was asked his son, Vagon, for help. He may have also asked or sought the advice to of a new close advisor, Otto Hightower. So Otto Hightower is not well known at this point in history, but he will be known and he will be in House of the Dragon. He was the second son to Lord Hightower and had brought his wife and children to court. His daughter Alicent, in fact, was a companion to Jaehaerys, reading to him and serving him. By their advice, Jaehaerys decided how to see, how to end this problem. He would call a great council at Harrenhal to decide the matter. There, every lord convened to debate on who would be the future ruler of the Seven Kingdoms. And to me, this kind of points to the weakness in Jaehaerys because back when Aenys was on the throne, when all the rebels were rising up, he too wanted to call a great council to solve it. Yeah. So I think when they call a great council, it points to some weakness in their part. Yeah. So either it's just because Jaehaerys is really old, or he just really was incompetent without Alicent. Yeah. Alicent. I said Alicent. Whoops. But that's where we're going to leave you. That's it. Because we're the world of Westeros hangs in the balance of this great council and the decision on whether Rhaenys, her children, or Viserys and his child would inherit. Conclusion. What do we have to take away from all we've just heard in this episode? From the entire series or just this episode? There's just this episode. Okay. So, I would say it's Reyna and her children being passed over on account of their gender. And the problems that arose with Reyna. Yeah, and how, like, Jaehaerys wasn't, didn't even want his daughter Daenerys to succeed before her brothers, and how that will come again with Rhaenys at the very end of the reign. 
and how that will be a big question in House of Dragon, female succession, because it's been constantly just pushed away. No, but we're going to see Ver- Viserys choose his own daughter. So we're going to see how all this... Yes, as the trailer made very, very clear. Very clear, yeah. I would also say, like, we see, like, the beginnings of the events of House of Dragon, the, very, the lead up right to it. Kind of like the Robert's Rebellion of, of Game of Thrones. This is just that stuff. We see what directly impacted it. Exactly. And the historical figures that directly impacted it, and the characters that are going to be players in this game. Yeah. We had to talk very briefly about it, though, because it's not, like, we don't have enough time. Well, yeah, they're more important in the series that is going to take place than in the history. Yeah. Well, they are established characters by that point. Yeah. And Jaehaerys and Alcine themselves are worthy of talking about because they will be fondly remembered. We are just, in the new show, we're going to be just after Jaehaerys' reign, so they're going to be talking about this great time of peace and decadence that was built on Jaehaerys after Maegle yeah. the Cruel. Jaehaerys is known to history as, well, the old king, but also the conciliator. Yeah. While Alicet is known as the good queen. So yeah. they're going to be very popular by this point. And I think Viserys' mission is going to be trying to be just like them and seeing how close... Or main- maintaining Yeah, that. well, he wants to be remembered well, too, as the good. Like, he wants to continue his grandfather's legacy. Yes. Which we, you know, which will definitely be a big theme for him. Yeah, and I think it's all, that's most of the things I can t- think of top of my head. I have something else to say. Yeah. Which is, in essence, the entire series that we just went over, the entire miniseries of House Targaryen, is kind of what I want to talk about. Okay. Just overall. The history of House Targaryen is filled with many compelling and interesting characters. A house filled with dreamers and achievers, conquerors and liberators, strong and weak, good and bad, cowards and the courageous, young and old, innocent and terrible, the glorious and undistinguished, tyrannical and just, the powerful and the broken, the daring and the brave, the wise and clever, the foolish and dim, the mad and sane, the players and the pieces, the human, that is the house of the dragon. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's very beautiful. Just, those are all the things I noticed in yeah. the house, yeah. Targaryen. Yeah. From Daenys, the Dreamer, and Aenor the Exile, to yeah. Jaehaerys and his descendants. And that's what this show, House Dragon, is going to be. The human heart. It's going to be about humanity, yeah. about people doing what they think is best for themselves. And that is what this is going to yeah. be compelling. Because ultimately, while the Targaryens rage on this idea of being closer to gods than men... They are, in the end, just human. They're driven by emotions and human feelings. As Daenerys Targaryen, not show Daenerys, but historically Jaehaerys' daughter Jaehaerys proved with her disease, they are human. They are human. They will make mistakes, they will do good things, they will do bad things, and I think that that's a strong thing to remember for House of the Dragon. Yeah, you will love them, you will hate them. May turn to hate some that you've loved, may turn to love some that you hated. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting watch. And I can't wait to talk about it with you. Speaking of, that, that's it with this episode, and we'll be back next time with our review for the first episode, which is really exciting. It's going to be this Sunday, and we won't, we'll won't we be recording the next day and probably won't get it out for a few days after that. We still have to work that out. We'll figure it out. But yeah, I'm, I'm for one, I'm very excited, and I hope to see you guys there. See you later. All right, bye. Bye.